Gentlemen, welcome to the 21st episode of Pop Icon the Podcast. I am your host, David, host of Pop Icon Radio, live on the Alternation Radio, Mondays through Fridays, 8 to 9 in the morning. We talk pop culture, we play pop music, and we just got off our show today. We were voice tracking for the rest of next week, and I'm like riding the high of all this like pop culture craziness. Um, if you guys are ready, don't be sure to check out Pop Icon Radio on Instagram at Pop Icon Radio. I'm trying to get my followers up to 100. Um, it would make me really happy if you guys could help me with that. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about this week because I don't know if you've noticed, but we're a couple of days late on the podcast. It's like a Friday. Um, and we normally put this out on a Tuesday. So what's going on there? So surprise, we have changed things up and pop icon. The podcast will now put new episodes out every Friday. Um, after I voice track basically over there, um, in the studio. So I'm excited for that. You guys should be excited too. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up here. Um, well, today's show alone, we've got a lot going on. We've got the Wizards of Waverly Place remake. Like somebody asking for that, not me. Um, we've got the subway stabbing. We've got the other New York. There's two different New York stabbings that are going on right now. Like what the fuck is going on there? Um, that's crazy. We've got Rachel going rogue and like telling her side of things. And I'm here for it. I need her to like spill the tea on everything. Uh, we've got Lana Del Rey modeling the Skims campaign for valentine's day last year the uh hookers from white lotus were like the main attraction so we'll get into that we're gonna get into some bravo news there's a lot of bravo news this week i'm sorry i'm gonna have to tell you guys um and then finally we can get into the oscars news oh and we have a little bit of something i don't normally do but we've got a little bit of like local news um so we can talk about that uh but first things first let's jump right into the box office top 10 of the week so we can get into the box office for the week uh, or the weekend of January 19th through the 21st. We've got a lot of really fun movies on here. Not really. It's like a bunch of the same old, same old. What's going on here? Why is there never anything exciting going on? Um, just kidding. So let's start things off this week. We've got number 10. We've got Poor Things, 2.1 million. At number nine, we've got The Boys in the Boat, 2.5 million. At number eight, we have got Night Swim, 2.8 million. At number seven, we have got ISS, 3.1 million. I'm guessing that's about, like, the International Space Station. I don't know. Or, like, in-school suspension. It could, do, it could go either way. Um, at number six, we have got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. At number five, we have got Anyone But You, the Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell starring, like, rom-com. They're, like, holding up. Like, they've, I guess crossed the hundred million dollar threshold um congratulations to the two of them uh number four we have got migration 5.5 million at number three we have got wonka 6.7 million at number two we have got the beekeeper 8.6 million and number one for the second week in a row we have got mean girls with 12 million dollars with a total gross here in the u.s of over 50 million so congratulations to tina fey i'm sure she's like raking in money for that and i'm happy for her she deserves it uh so that's gonna be our box office top 10 of the week were there any surprises there i don't think so um i'm ready for like a new flick to come out and you know take the box office by storm because like i said it's been like a lot of the same old same old um so that is going to be our uh, our billboard or our box office top 10 of the week uh and we can jump into some movie news next so i said we were going to get into some movie news uh we can talk about jennifer lopez's newest flick this is me now um it's not just a flick it's also an album so that's kind of crazy uh jennifer lopez's new album will serve as a sequel to her 2002 album this is me then <laughs> um, so that's like appropriately titled, I guess. Uh, so Jennifer Lopez is finally releasing new music on November 25th. The singer announced her plans to release This Is Me Now, which will serve as a sequel to her 2002 album, This Is Me Then. The upcoming project will also mark her first studio album in 10 years since AKA was uh, released in 2014. What was AKA? Do you guys remember? I don't. Oh my gosh. Is that, does that make me like a bad Jennifer Lopez fan? Like, 
What is she? What what song was on? AKA I don't know. Um, so in addition to pending songs about her love life and her time in the spotlight, Lopez is also releasing an accompanying documentary film titled "This Is Me Now: The Film," which will serve as a musical and visual reimagining of her publicly scrutinized love life, according to the press release. Um, so that's kind of like interesting. I saw somebody like describe it online as like Jennifer Lopez's version of like Cloud Atlas, like that Halle Berry movie. And that's fucking crazy to me. Like, I love that she's, like, somehow gotten into the multiverse, like, whenever it comes to, like, her love life. That's crazy. Um, So definitely check that out if you guys are interested in that. We've got some more news. We've got Sharon Stone and what's going on with her and Barbie. She was the original Barbie, like, back in the 90s. Um, Maybe, maybe not. So Sharon Stone claims on social media that her Barbie pitch was laughed at in the 1990s. Um, what? Who is making fun of? <laughs> Who is making fun of like Sharon Stone to her face? Like that is so rude to like laugh in somebody's face. Um, so Greta Gerwig's Barbie has proven to be no laughing matter at the box office with its billion dollar pull in uh, from the. I think that's its overall gross, but like a million dollars, that's like nothing to like sneeze at. Um, But more than 30 years ago, it was a different story when a Barbie movie was pitched, says actress Sharon Stone, uh, writing a response on America Ferreira's social media post of her Critics' Choice acceptance speech for her role in Barbie, Stone recalled a different time. She writes, I was laughed out of the studio when it came to Barbie idea in the 90s with support of the head of Barbie, Stone wrote, how far we've come. Thank you, ladies, for your courage and endurance. Uh... Wow. So it looks like she wanted to be the original Barbie back in the 90s and she was told no. I don't see why not. She was like she was like at her biggest like peak in pop culture like after Basic Instinct, but maybe they just like weren't ready to take a risk on like a woman yet. Um and it took them another 30 years until Margot Robbie like stepped on the scene with Greta Gerwig and you know showed up and showed out so that's exciting for them uh we can jump into some more pop culture news why don't we get into uh, why don't we do the billboard hot 100 top 10 so we can get into the billboard hot 100 top 10 this week we have got like some new songs on there finally for the like first time and i don't know how long i don't have to read like the same names over and over again so i'm excited um so why don't we just jump right into it so this week we have got our number 10 we have got nina uh 21 savage travis scott metro boomin at number nine we've got snooze SZA. At number eight, we've got Lose Control, Teddy Swims. I hear that song, like, literally every day at work. It's crazy how, like, that song has just ingrained itself in uh, the, the Spotify station that we listen to. Um, so, number seven, we've got Paint the Town Red, Doja Cat. At number six, we've got I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan featuring Casey Musgraves. At number five, we've got Red Rum, 21 Savage, White Red Rum. Do you know what that spells, like, backwards? I'm scared. Um... Let's see. Number four, we've got Greedy, Tate McRae. Number three, Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift. At number two, we've got Jack Harlow with Lovin' On Me. And our number one for the second week in a row, we have got Ariana Grande with Yes End. Um, yes End. Like, what do you guys think of it? It's. I feel like it's kind of a bop. Like, a lot of people, I feel like we're kind of hating on it. We're expecting a little bit more, like, her to jump more into the pop scene. And I feel like she did a great job with, like, what she provided. So, thank you, Ariana. Appreciate you. Uh, so, that's our Billboard Hot 100 Top 10 of the week. We got new two new songs in there. They're from 21 Savage. Um, one of them is Murder back words i'm not scared at all uh i don't think i've heard either one of them yet but you know what i'm actually going to use this on the uh, social media that we have going on on our instagram so that you guys can like find out that song those two songs with me um so we'll jump into some more music news next so we can get into some music news next we have got tate mccray and the kid Leroy going on a date this past week what what are they doing together um so you know tate mccray greedy you know the kid Leroy without you they're like kind of a thing kid Leroy was being like i feel like he was being like mentored by miley cyrus for a little bit weren't they i don't know so they got together the other night they had their friend olivia rodrigo join them and they enjoyed a night out on the town um so isn't that amazing that three of pop music's like 
young like royalty like isn't that great that they can just like link up and have a great time and nobody like harass them they just like want to it looks like they went to a game like a basketball game maybe i don't know um the adorable picture finds a trio of pop stars posing on a la street with a rupaul's drag race billboard towering in the background um what about what are they talking about i don't see like a billboard in the background oh i guess there is one in the background i was expecting like the queens to be on it It literally just says rupaul's drag race um so the three of them were getting uh together this past monday hanging out and uh, that's literally it <laughs> you were like expecting something to have happened no they literally just got together and just like three youngins just like hung out they might maybe they got like a dirty martini or something or like an espresso martini i don't know um what do you guys think of the three of them? Tate McRae, Olivia Rodrigo, Killer Roy. Is that like the future of pop music right there? Um, because if so, they're like collaborating on something. And I don't know whether to be scared or not. Um, so we've got that going on. Speaking of Kid Leroy, we've got some more music coming from him uh, this coming week. Actually, we've got a lot of music releases. So let's jump right into it. We've got the Kid Leroy with Heaven coming out this week. Uh, Megan The Stallion has a song called Hiss where she apparently comes for or Nicki Minaj um I don't know I haven't listened to it yet but I know it got like it came out last night and Nicki Minaj this morning whenever I woke up everybody's like oh she's losing it she's losing her fucking mind right now and I'm like oh no is she losing her mind right now like I don't know she could be losing her mind um but from what I've seen on like her TikTok she's like going off on people and I don't know doesn't she have like a social media team to like take control of that I don't know so Megan like really comes hard against her apparently she comes for Drake too um I don't care I'm here for it kind of uh so I love that for them we've got Ice Spice putting out a song called Thank You The Shit uh parentheses fart how does that make you feel? It makes me uncomfortable personally. Why do you have a song called Fart out there? Um, is it to make me laugh? I didn't laugh. So you didn't accomplish what you were trying to do. Uh, we've got Jennifer Lopez, who we talked about earlier, and Lotto putting out Can't Get Enough, the remix. Lotto's always going to be on like a remix. Like, what's going on with that? Like, can she put out anything original? Um, just kidding. She's like, she has that one song, like, put it on the floor or whatever. Or I don't remember how it goes, but that one's, like, kind of fun. We've got Justin Timberlake putting out a song called Selfish. He is fucking selfish to be putting that out right now. We don't need him. I don't think pop culture is, like, calling for him to come back. Or is it? Because guess what? He went, like, number one on iTunes. So maybe it is. Maybe they need, like, the voice of, like, a straight, like, white guy out there again because they don't have enough of him. I don't know. That could be it. Um, and then finally, we have got we've got my mom's like least favorite person right now. We've got Little Nas X uh, with "Where Do We Go Now." I haven't heard it. Uh, is it out yet? I need to check it out. Um, I hope to hear it. Hopefully, it's good. If not, then like you were supposed to put your money where your mouth was like we got the viralness of it all we got like the marketing you get all of that but like you need to put the talent in it now right i don't know like i feel like i'm hating right now i should never hate on somebody from like my family but like brother get it together um finally we've got a little bit more music news we have got eternal sunshine being revealed to have oh it's being revealed to have either 13 or 17 tracks or 24 so I don't know what to tell you guys. Me personally, I feel like it probably has 13 because that's what she had on the last one, right? And the one before that. Um, but they're saying like deluxe version and this and that, but nothing's been like super confirmed yet. The only confirmation that I saw was like on iTunes and that was just like the album, like maybe it was just like a placeholder. Who knows? Uh, so that's a little bit of music news that we've got going on this week. We can get into some television news next. So we're going to jump into some television news next. So we have got the Lizzie McGuire reboot. Do you guys hear about it? Uh, yeah, you might have heard about it, but it's not happening. Yeah, I know. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um, so the Lizzie McGuire reboot, uh, the guy behind it, I guess, is like revealing storylines on TikTok. Um, and just a week after writer Jonathan Hurwitz revealed plot details for the first three episodes of the Hillary Duff-led reboot, he gave insight into storylines that would have played out throughout the rest of the season in a new TikTok video. Uh, while Herzog stated that the remaining episodes hadn't been completely written and finalized before production being halted, the planned storylines were 
revealed what would have happened from Lizzie's BFF, Miranda's fate, to what happened when Lizzie and Gordo returned from Rome. Uh, so where is Miranda now? Um, so while Elaine had not been confirmed to reprise her role as Miranda, Hurwitz once ran into her manager who told him she was open to returning. I'm hopeful that we could have actually had her involved, he said. Regardless, they plan to maintain her and Lizzie's friendship and had some bold ideas for her adult life. We talked a lot about it in adult Miranda and her being a musician was part of the discussion. So somebody who's on tour with a band, her being queer was also part of the discussion. Um, so you would likely would have met the woman that she's in a relationship with. Wait, what? She's a lesbian now? Okay. Um, what has Lizzie's family been up to? So it turns out that Lizzie's dad, mom, and brother Matt had a lot going on back before she moved back home from or to California from New York. She's surprised to realize that she missed out on a lot, including that her dad had a minor heart attack that they never actually told her about. Uh, so you would have seen Lizzie and her family kind of reconfigure as a unit. Uh, when it comes to prankster Matt, he still would have been up to his old harebrained schemes, but they plan to show his growth as well. We didn't want him just to be regulated to the sidelines. He was very much a part of Lizzie's stories, and I think that you would have actually gotten to see Lizzie and Matt figure out how to be friends, like true friends, now that they're adults. Um, they've gotten Jake Thomas. Is that what his name was to come back? I'll never forget. I was like in seventh grade, and like my teacher was like, Jake Thomas is my cousin. And... We're all going to write Jake Thomas, like, a letter and tell them how much we love Lizzie McGuire. And I was like, okay, sure, why not? And I was like, I did like Lizzie McGuire, but I, like, didn't like it for Jake Thomas. I was like, I love, like, Lizzie McGuire for Hillary Duff and Lilane. Like, I didn't care about the little brother. I was, like, a teenager at that point. So I wrote the letter. I did write the letter. And I was like, you're my favorite on Lizzie McGuire. And I'm like, I wonder if he actually even got it. I wonder if that was actually even her cousin. Like, she was really, she was, like, a lot older than, like, <laughs> than him. She was, like, he was, like, 9 or 10, and she was, like, my teacher at, like, she was at least 50. So that was, like, kind of crazy now that I think about it. I'm, like, what did she do with those letters? Um, did Jake Thomas get them? Do you have my letter, Jake Thomas? Question, like, do you keep fan letters? Um, so we also wonder, would Kate have returned? Uh, the one fan, or the one face that many fans had not seen in the reboot was Kate's middle school friend of me was Kate's was Lizzie's middle school friend of me. Kate as actor Ashley Brilliard is now an attorney as according to her LinkedIn, according to her with, she hadn't expressed any interest to return to the acting world. So I guess no Kate. Um, and so I guess finally we find out what happened after Rome. So I don't know if you remember, but the Lizzie McGuire movie ended like with them going to like Rome and like performing and like her and Gordo realizing they were like in love with one another and they got back together. Uh, so while the reboot would have taken place many years after the Lizzie McGuire movie, which saw the gang go on a class trip to Italy, it would have featured a few references to their Roman adventures, including what happened after Lizzie and Gordo kissed at the end. In episode two, we actually had a line from Gordo to Lizzie about them dating during the flight home from Italy before Lizzie dumped him at baggage claim. Now, okay, so she dumped his ass. She's like, I'm done with him. I can't deal with his ass anymore. Um, so that's, like, interesting. Congratulations to uh, or to Hillary Duff for almost getting her reboot. Um, that really sucks, actually, uh, because she's not getting it but the wizards of waverly place i guess is getting a reboot the selena gomez starring like disney channel show is getting a reboot starring i guess the older brother the david henry character um uh, okay that's like interesting to me i guess i don't know um I didn't watch Wa Wizards of Waverly Place, and so I'm, like, not sure, like, is everybody, like, clamoring for it? I know there's, like, those two actors on that podcast that are, like, we have to get on there. We have to get back on there. Jennifer Stone and, like, the dad. But didn't the dad have, like, some naked pictures leak? Like, and he was, like, showing off his, like, booty hole. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I said it, but, like, I didn't do that. He was doing that, right? I don't know. I'll have to double check that. That's freaking crazy if so. Um, so we've got that going on right now. Um, are you gonna watch it? I don't know. I probably won't watch it. Uh, who, who knows? Who cares, honestly, because we'll see if it even comes to fruition, uh, because it's just been ordered to, like, I think a pilot right now. I don't think it's been ordered, like, given, like, a series order yet. So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, let's see. We've got a little bit more television news. So we have got Euphoria. Let's talk about Euphoria. Euphoria Season 3 is going to be coming in 
2025 next year and sam levinson is apparently hard at work on it um a lot of people are like not happy with them after the idol the weekend starring like television show where it just was like too sexual and too dumb i think that people just like <laughs> they needed more of a story and i've already said this on the podcast before the idol just needed one extra episode and it would have been like fine it was sounded it was perfect um if it would have one episode to like flashback and see like what was going on with the stars of the show. So we've got that going on. We have Dominic Pike actually complaining about not having a sober coach on the set of euphoria, which I can understand if you're on the set of euphoria and they're like always doing drugs or like doing like Molly and like, what else do they do? Like crack? I don't know. Um, like you've got to like, if somebody's like struggling with and you've had somebody who died on the show angus cloud died he was like a drug addict and then he like he relapsed and he died so like i don't know i feel like they need to like do something to like safeguard those actors a little bit um so that's like really sad a little bit more hbo news we've got the end of che diaz uh do you know che diaz from and just like that uh so they are played by Sada Ramirez. I don't know. I thought it was Sarah Ramirez. Somebody was like, it's Sada. And I was like, okay, Sada Ramirez played Che Diaz on In Just Like That um, from 2021. Uh, they have been, uh, they have definitely been in Just Like That's most like polarizing character and the most advising character. And they will not be coming back for this next season. So they started the first two seasons as Che Diaz, this like non binary character. Uh, comic who just was like it was just fucking with miranda they like had like this really awkward sex scene at, like in front of carrie and i was like oh my god like why did they like why did they do that in front of her that was crazy um so she will not be returning after being called the worst thing about and just like that sada ramirez has posted um about che amid rumors that they have been axed ahead of the third season so and just like that sarah sada ramirez has indicated that their polarizing character che diaz will not be returning for the third season of the sex in the city sequel series that is a mouthful geez um so and just like that is losing che diaz and they said it's because of their posts in support of like palestine and like the the israel like hamas like war that's like going on right now i know that that's definitely what happened with melissa barrera and i'm sure it's not gonna be the only one um actually Payton, hayden pentier like spoke out about melissa barrera maybe we should talk about that later um but she posted on her instagram story saying that i played in a new statement talking about their role which gave everybody the indication that they were not going to be on the show anymore um i stand for sada ramirez like voicing their opinion and saying like how they feel um i hate that that's how the che diaz character like came to an end but like nobody did like them for the first two seasons but like i feel like to the, for them to take out the character for that like i don't know they were just i don't that, something about that is like off um so that's our television news this week let's get into some more pop culture news so i told you guys we're gonna get into like some scary pop culture news today so we have got the new york city subway stabbing suspect being arrested the day after an alleged queen serial stabber was being nabbed um what is going on in new york right now i'm like terrified for everybody that i know that like lives up there so the nypd arrested a man thursday in connection with two random stabbings on mta subway trains in new york city just a day after an alleged serial stabber was charged for a series of unprovoked attacks in Queens. Um, oh my god, what? Uh, the attacks happened Wednesday on the D train in Manhattan and later on the 2 train in the Bronx. What does that mean? Um, according to the police, a 27-year-old Queens resident who has not been identified was taken into custody Thursday morning. Charges against him are pending. Uh, the suspect had multiple prior arrests, including five in the past 12 months. How are you arrested five times in 12 months? That's crazy. Uh, range from assaults to sex crimes police said of oh, sex crimes throw them under the jail um so police announced the arrest during a thursday press conference where they also detailed how they found a man wanted for a nine-day queen stabbing spree that left five injured what what's going on in queens oh my god so that's like crazy i need to like actually read about that so before we jump into that let's talk about the subway stabbing so the first subway stabbing incident occurred wednesday just before 6 a.m aboard a southbound d train that stopped at 59th street uh, columbus circle subway station according to police a 42 year old man was approached by an individual and stabbed in the right shoulder before fleeing ah, not the right shoulder um the victim suffered minor injuries and was taken to the hospital in stable condition um the second incident 
incident happened the same morning just before 8 a.m. on the northbound 2 train in the Van Ness section of the Bronx. Bro, what are you doing in the Bronx? Uh, according to the police, a 19-year-old man was randomly stabbed one time in the left arm. He was taken to a hospital with what appeared to be non-life-threatening injuries. I mean, yeah, he just got stabbed in the arm. Well, I guess you can die from that. Um, that's fucking crazy. I would, oh, I'd be fucking pissed if I'm riding on the train and somebody fucking stabs him. I'd beat the shit out of them. Uh, so on Thursday around 7.20 a.m., police stationed in Bedford Park subway station heard a commotion on the southbound platform and saw a man run away, police said. Officers chased him through the station. He was eventually taken into custody. Police said the suspect was wearing the same clothing and was in possession of two knives um ooh, i just saw a picture of him and it's really scary actually ah, i don't like that um jesus so let's talk about the queen serial stabbing suspect arrested also because that's like crazy i'm like what's going on there um so a suspect was arrested wednesday in connection with a stabbing spree that left at least five people injured in just over a week um that is wild, dude. And like, why is this ad not coming off there? Um, so the suspect, identified as 27-year-old Jermaine Rigger, is being charged in four of the five attacks so far. Charges include attempted murder, assault, attempted assault, and criminal possession of a weapon. Um, what do you mean attempted assault? Uh, he assaulted people. There was, was attempted about that. Uh, so police say they that what helped them find Rigger was the lanyard he was wearing in the surveillance video. They say that he works at Woodhill Hospital in Brooklyn as a greeter. I don't want this man greeting me at the hospital. He's like, the reason I'm in the hospital, and then he's always like, hi. I'm like, ah! leave me alone um so that's like creepy what do you mean uh so police held a press conference thursday to detail where they were at in the investigation the nypd also announced two more subway stabbings those i that i talked about like oh there's so much going on in new york right now um so the people injured in the stabbing spree include four men and one woman the woman is 34 the men's ages range from 36 to 74 why are you stabbing an old man what is what did that old man do to you um so the stabbing incidents happened within the last nine days with three of them occurring Wednesday between 7.30 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. Uh, wow, three of them in an hour. Jesus, dude, he's, he's working hard. Uh, at 4 p.m. on a Wednesday, a community member allowed access to their apartment video surveillance, and he was seen wearing the same clothes and the same backpack, um, and he was caught. According to the NYPD, there were five attacks in total. The first attack happened at 6.20 on January 8th when a 61-year-old man was stabbed in the back near 157th Street. Uh, the suspect reportedly laughed in the victim's face after the stabbing. In the second incident, a 34-year-old woman walking home was reportedly stabbed in the torso Tuesday morning. On Wednesday, around 7.30 a.m., police believe the man attacked two people at 134th Street, a 74-year-old man was stabbed in the abdomen while a 41-year-old man was stabbed in the back. Police say the first victim, a 74-year-old man, was escorting his wife to work on 134th Street. As they were walking, the suspect ran up behind them and without a word stabbed the man in the back. The suspect then ran away to 161st Street. Uh, there, a 41-year-old man who simply left his house to move his car to a legal parking spot was stabbed once in the abdomen. Uh, the fifth incident happened 25 minutes later in Jamaica, Queens, near uh, Archer Avenue. The victim, a 36-year-old man, was on his way to work. He got on an MTA bus on Guybrew Boulevard. While riding the bus, he got into a verbal dispute with the suspect over a seat. Oh, that's how did he end up in a fight after all of that? Um, so both the suspect and the victim got off the bus, and when the suspect stabbed the victim once uh, before fleeing on foot again, police said the suspect attempted to make statements to the victims but could not be understood. Um, so there were five attacks in total dude people in New York are fucking crazy and that's like part of the reason like I don't want to go anywhere out there like I'm I'm okay here in Florida where it's like chill and like normal well actually that's a lie because I have a story to talk about at the end where it tells that maybe Panama City isn't that chill either um, so yeah that's crazy like all of that like ugh, I don't like I don't like it at all um, we can jump into some more pop culture news next though let's talk about let's talk about Rachel going rogue so let's talk Rachel going rogue so Rachel going rogue is a podcast available on Apple Podcasts Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcast at Rachel Levis is the former star of Vanderpump Rules seasons five through ten. She is a third of the scandal like drama like scandal that happened she was a cast member on the show dating james kennedy vanderpump rules as you don't as if you don't know is like a show set in like the restaurant industry in la like the servers and bartenders that like are like sexy and make their living like being sexy 
um, in her restaurants, like chronicle their lives on this show. And this past year, there was an incident called Scandaval where like everybody came after this guy named Tom Sandoval because he cheated on his girlfriend of like nine years with one of her friends, Raquel, Rachel Levis. Um, and it literally blew up the pop culture like Zygeist. It was like really crazy. They just... People would not leave Raquel alone. They really just, they harassed her so much that it forced her to go into, like, a treatment center for, like, three, four months where she had to, like, just, she had to center herself and, like, find out who she was again. And I think that she did a great job because she has been out putting out the new episodes of her podcast, Rachel Goes Rogue, where she details everything that happened in her, I guess, everything that happened with her and Tom Sandoval because they had a very, like, sorted, like, romance even after the end of Scandaval. Um, so she chronicles that on there, and I think that she does a good job talking about it. Like, there's a couple of times, like, where people have been like, why is she laughing? Like, this isn't funny. But she explains it on there. It's like a nervous tick of hers. Like, she's talking about something that, like, the entire world hated her for. Like, she's a little scared to be talking about it, and understandably so. You know what I mean? So we've got that going on. Um, congratulations to her for that. I think that it's great that she had she's able to. She's also spilling the tea on there. She's talking about Tom Sandoval telling Tom Schwartz, who lied about it the entire time, acting like he didn't know about it. And come to find out, he actually did know about it. Um, so uh, she's spilling that tea. She's spilling about her ex. She's talking about how pretty much the producers forced her to go on a date with a the guy. They're doing like literal like trafficking over there on Vanderpump rules, forcing her to go on dates with other cast members. She like hung out with one cast member who was like a creepy, like older guy who's like her manager at the bar. And they're like, you need to go out with him again. She's like, I don't want to go out with him again. I had like a bad experience the first time I went out with him. They're like, no, we need it for the cameras. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll go out with him. And both times she, like, goes out with him, like, and she ends up crying at the end of it. So I'm like, this is, like, this is, like, terrorism. What are they doing to these people's, like, psyche on here? Um, you can't force somebody to do something they don't want to do. But also at the same time, she could have walked away. And she did. And she's getting to, like, put her voice out there. And I'm happy for her. So congratulations to Rachel for that. We've got some more Bravo news. Oh, my God. We've got a lot of Bravo news to talk about. So I'm just going to, like, group all of that together. So let's get into, like, a little bit of, like, crazy Bravo news that's been going on. There's, like, actually a lot of it going on. So we have got Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Anna Marie or Anne Marie being called out by the ASA. What? Who is the ASA? So the ASA is the American Society of Anesthesiologists. And there's a bit of drama going on Real Housewives right now because we have got this new girl, Anne-Marie, who is going around saying that nurse anesthetists are the same thing as an anesthesiologist um, because they're discussing one of the other housewives, like, esophagus-like issue. And... Uh, from that conversation ended up the conversation with like what her job title is because she told one of the housewives that she was a an anesthesiologist and she told others that she was an anesthetist and she's trying to be like very like I don't know what the word is but like she's like trying to be like weird about it like kind of like sketchy like no they're the same thing it's like no they're not the same thing like you, they may be like in the same vein like but they're not the same thing so the ASA actually posted something on their Instagram saying the real housewives know a fake anesthesiologist Anesthesiologists are medical doctors with more than 12 years of higher education and up to 16,000 hours of clinical training. Title misappropriation has no place in healthcare. Then they, they tagged hashtag R-H-O-B-H. Like, that is crazy to me. And they posted, like, a... Uh like a comparison between the two, like anesthesiologists and nurse anesthetists, which I mean, there are a couple of differences. So apparently to be an anesthesiologist, you must complete medical school school, which a nurse anesthetist does not have to complete medical school school. Uh, we've got anesthesiologists have to complete 12 to 14 years of higher education while nurse anesthetists, I, that's like a mouthful, right? Um, they have to complete five to seven years of higher education. Anesthesiologists complete 12,000 to 16,000 hours of clinical training for focus on anesthesia, care, pain control, and responding to complications and emergencies and surgery. Meanwhile, nurse anesthetists complete 2,500 of, of anesthesia administration. So I get it. They're like, they are like comparable, but they're not the same thing. And for Anne-Marie to like go on there and say it's the same thing and for them to actually like make a statement out there that they actually, no, that's not the case. Like that's actually kind of crazy to me. And so I'm wondering, I'm like scared for her job. Is she going to be okay in that field? Like, are they not going to fire her? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so we were talking about Vanderpump Rules before we were talking about Rachel going rogue before and come to find out 
we have got a new Vanderpump Rules spinoff. It's called The Valley, and it's set in like the Valley of like like Los Angeles. You know, the Valley. Like, there's Beverly Hills, and then there's the Valley, which is like guess where families live. I don't know. So they're making it seem like they're making it seem like it's a it's a hard to adult type show with like all these like forty year olds. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, so we've got Jax Taylor from uh, Vanderpump Rules. We've got Brittany Cartwright from Vanderpump Rules. We've got Kristen Doty from Vanderpump Rules. Like all making their triumphant return to television on the Valley. And apparently there's going to be like a crossover episode, like how the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills led into Vanderpump Rules. Apparently Vanderpump Rules is going to lead into the Valley, um, as Jax and Tom Sandoval, who was part of Scandoval, uh sit down and i guess they're probably gonna like have like a sit down they're gonna get into an argument and they're gonna sit down like tom's gonna like talk about his point of view coming in sit down talk about it and then Jax is gonna get his point of view on the way out introducing the valley so that's interesting that they are willing to bring Jax taylor back to television after he like <laughs> after he acted like a fool last time he was on there so i'm excited to see how that goes i'm excited for kristen to be back on television she's like a real one for sure um and there's a bunch of other new people on there maybe they'll be interesting maybe they won't be uh so we'll see how that goes um we've got some really sad bravo news so we've got monica garcia being fired from the real housewives of salt lake city um just hours before the third uh episode of the real housewives of salt lake city reunion aired we were given the news on people.com from dave quinn that monica will not be returning for the next season of real housewives of salt lake city after it was revealed that she is reality von Tees. i think it's fucked up it's really messed up how they like threw her to the side and like pretty much threw her to the wolves after the season that just happened she was pretty much like the she was kind of like the catapult to like all of the drama. She brought all the other girls, like she brought them all out. Like Heather wouldn't be having this iconic moment if Monica wasn't there in the first place. So if you guys already don't know, Monica was revealed to be reality Von Tees, which was like a fake T slash Jen Shaw takedown page um, on Instagram. I have to be honest with you. I watch, I like follow Twitter from whenever Real Housewives of Salt Lake City like first aired. And I remember reality Von Tees. They were like a really, they were smaller. They were on the smaller side. They weren't a huge page. They weren't a Queens of Bravo. They weren't like a Dorinda Deadly. They were like one of the smaller pages, but they hated Jen Shaw. So anything that bad that came out about Jen Shaw, it was coming from that page. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. I can remember at least five to six times seeing Heather Gay reposting Reality Von Tees. All of the things that Jen Shaw said about Heather Gay like heather was reposting it i swear i i don't know like and then whenever you like look it up on twitter like all of the posts have been like deleted like you can see like if you look up heather gay and if you look up like reality von tees like the first tweet is always deleted so i'm like there's something like really sketchy going on there because heather was the one who like who revealed that reality von tees was monica but come to find out she jen shaw actually knew in 2021 that monica was what's the reality von Tees because she sent out like a cease and desist so it's like obviously she told heather about it who went into this season knowing that who came and like was like i'm going to make a big splash this season after everything that happened last year with like scandal i need our show and everything that happened with jen they needed to like they needed a scapegoat and monica was that scapegoat and i really i just don't like it i don't like how they have made monica like the scapegoat after jen defrauded the elderly and they were like her best friend I get it. They're two different scenarios. They're not wanting to be friends with Monica because she did something to them. They're not wanting... Jen Shaw, like, hadn't done anything directly to them. Monica, I guess, occasionally would say, like, bitchy things on Reality Von Tees. They're not even bitchy things. Just, like, repost the things that they would say that were, like, dumb. So, like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I feel like Monica's going to be on, like, the next season of The Traders. She has to be. Please. Um, and then in a little bit of final Bravo news, a little scary Bravo news, we've got Caroline Manzo suing Bravo. What? Are you kidding me right now? Um, so TMZ is reporting that Caroline Manzo is suing Bravo over everything that happened with Brandy Glanville. Um, do you know what happened with Brandy Glanville? Uh, if you don't, <laughs> like, get ready for it because it's a little bit of a doozy. Um, so... Back last year, the there's a thing called Ultimate Girls Trips. Real Housewives go on it. They get the girls from the different franchises together, and they just have a good time. They talk about things that were, like, on camera, maybe things that were off the camera that they can't talk about on air. Just, like, years later, Caroline Manzo was on season four of that alongside Brandy, ugh, Brandy Glanville. 
And Brandy Glanville just like she can get a little too crazy. Like she really does. And I guess something happened between her and Caroline, and Caroline was like not okay with it. But I guess now she's like suing Bravo um, after claims of sexual harassment on the Ultimate Girls trip. She alleges network employees ply the Real Housewives cast with alcohol and then direct, encourage, and or allow them to sexually harass other cast members because that is good for ratings. So yeah, Caroline Manzo has sued Bravo over an alleged incident involving Brandy Glanville when the two former housewives are filming season four of Peacock's Ultimate Girls trip spinoff. Uh, and documents obtained by People, the former Real Housewives of New Jersey star, claimed that employees associated with the network and its affiliated uh, companies uh, regularly apply the Real Housewives cast with alcohol, cause them to becoming severely intoxicated, and then direct, encourage, and or allow them to sexually harass other cast members because that is good for ratings. What? Oh, my God. Hold on. I need, I need like, a sip after that. Wow. So when Reach, a rep for Bravo Peacock and NBC Universal, had no comment, reps for Shed Media, Forest Productions, and Warner Brothers did not immediately respond. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. In January 2023, People was the first to report that Brandy Glanville, 51, and Caroline Manzo, 62, would be departing Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip early after Glanville allegedly took things too far during a party and kissed Manzo multiple times throughout the evening without her consent. In the lawsuit, Manzo calls herself a victim of these harmful actions and seeks to hold the defendants accountable for their unlawful conduct and discourage them from continuing to sacrifice their cast member's safety for their own ratings and profits. Damn. Damn, dude. Like, she's really coming for them. And there's, like, this whole reality reckoning thing going on with Bethany Frankel that I've talked about a couple of times. Raquel's involved in it. I wonder if Monica's going to get involved in it. Miss Manzo herself might get involved in it. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, yeah wild news we'll see how I'll, I'll have to update you obviously in the future with everything that happens um with this lawsuit and i guess with more bravo news uh but we can get some more pop culture news next so yeah let's talk some like sexy like pop culture news so we've got lana del rey is kim kardashian's valentine in a sexy skims lingerie campaign um so the singer models pieces for the skims valentine shop out on january 23rd so i guess it's out now um lana del rey is a skims girl now on thursday the say yes to heaven singer 38 was announced as the new face of kim kardashian's brand and its valentine's day shop uh, which is now available for 16 dollars to 124 dollars um she says, I've been a big fan of Skim since the beginning, so being featured in their Valentine's Day campaign is so exciting, Delray shared in a press release. Their collection is so pretty and dreamy, which made collaborating with Nadia Lee Cohen on the creative so much fun. I hope you love it as much as I do. Um, the sexy ad takes on the old Hollywood and vintage Americana aesthetic the 11-time Grammy nominee is known for. Uh, she wears some of her sexiest looks she had in Skim's V-Day lingerie made for the most romantic time of year. So, yeah, that was like a Skims ad, like, here on Pop Icon Radio. How do you feel about that? Um, obviously, Kim Kardashian had to have Lana Del Rey on there. She has got her finger on the pulse of pop culture, and she is doing a great job with it. Last year, I think their Valentine's Day collection had Simona Tabasco. Is that her name? Tabasco? Um, from the White Lotus with the other hooker. Um, they did a great job, and I can only imagine who's going to be next year. She had Ice Spice on there. She said Pink Panthers. Like, everybody who's, like, in pop culture, she's got them to come do a Skims campaign. And I'm here for it. Why not? Like, they, Skims looks great. I don't have any Skims, and I'm not paying fucking $120-something for them, but maybe I'd pay $16. Uh, we can jump into some more pop culture news Let's next, though. Let's get some freaky pop culture news. So Sports Illustrated Publishers guts its staff completely guts the staff um so staffers at sports illustrator were notified on friday of massive layoffs uh some immediately others in short time with potential for the entire staff to be gone within three months holy shit could you imagine if they just told you thing was going to be done in three months um so authentic the licensing group that purchased sports illustrated for 110 million from meredith five years ago has terminated the agreement it holds with the arena group to publish sports illustrated in print and digital according to an email uh obtained this past friday that move comes three weeks after arena missed a 3.75 million dollar payment that breached the company's sports illustrated licensing deal which began in 2019 so that doesn't sound good there's like a lot going on with that actually because Anne hathaway actually had to she like walked out of a vanity fair shoot uh in solidarity with condé nast union workers um 
So that's like wild. Anne Hathaway walked out of a Vanity Fair photo shoot on Tuesday in solidarity with the Condé Nast union workers walkout. According to reports, hundreds of unionized staffers at Condé Nast are staging a 24-hour work stoppage in protest of imminent layoffs. Uh, as reported by Variety, Hathaway wasn't aware of the strike when she arrived for the photo shoot in New York for Vanity Fair. Um, Hathaway's team was notified. Uh, they hadn't even started taking the pictures yet, Variety quoted a source as saying. Once Anne was made aware of what was going on, she just got up from hair and makeup and left. She's she's like dip. She said bye, hello, goodbye. Um, so workers at Conan Ass and its brands are protesting after the company announced it will conduct large layoffs. A recent merger of Men's Magazine GQ with digital media or digital music publication Pitchfork, both earned by Conan Ass, resolved in layoffs at Pitchfork. Oh, that's not good, dude. Everybody's like losing their jobs. I'm worried. I know there was like a like Activision that's lost like 1,900 of their workers. Like, that's some scary times out there, dude. If you um, I was like, if you need help, <laughs> please reach out to Pop Icon Radio. But I really can't help you out that much unless you like just want something to do like in your off time. Um, and like want to help me out with the podcast. So sorry for that, guys. Um, we can jump into some more pop culture news next. So we've got some more pop culture news. We've got Stunner Girl exposing Zeus Network uh, founder Lamiel Plummer. So Stunner Girl went on her Instagram. Stunner, you guys know who Stunner Girl is, right? Stunner Girl is like a rapper from baddies who like was always on there like beating tommy's ass um she baddies as you know is like a spinoff kind of of the bad girls club that was on oxygen back in the day uh natalie nunn one of the prominent like bad girls from it she brought it over to zeus network and they have made it like a pretty big deal over the past couple of years they've got some celebrities on it um next season i think they're going to the caribbean they're doing like a hundred thousand dollar like giveaway that day i don't know it's crazy um so sunny girl was one of the cast members and she is now exposing that the founder lamel Plummer, actually was like allegedly like sleeping with a couple of the girls on the show oh my god that's crazy and apparently he was passing around like allegedly passing around like stds i don't know that's like really crazy to me i feel bad um that all this is getting exposed but supposedly he like was hooking up with a girl named razor on the show supposedly he was hooking up with a girl named uh scotty on the show and like he's married and his wife is like the host of the reunion always so i'm like oh god this could get really messy and like the reunion actually happened the other day and i'm like i wonder if she got into it i wonder if she was like fighting with anybody um so that would be like wild and crazy apparently got down it got wild and crazy to one of the other girls on a Krishan's like older sister got on there she started whooping some ass she beat et up who was this like troublemaking girl um so i'm curious to watch that curious to see how it goes down and guess who's gonna be hosting it it's gonna be our girl nini leaks from real housewives of atlanta she deserves to have some type of role on television right now and i know she's gonna be scared she's like the ghetto uh so that should be fun to watch we've got that going on um we've also got have you seen these dentures that kanye west got oh my god this is crazy so apparently kanye west put together some eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar dentures that like he put he put in his mouth he they said that he took his teeth out and replaced it with these dentures but no i don't think so i think that he just went ahead and just got this like protective thing put over his teeth for $850,000, he went to this Beverly Hills plastic surgeon who apparently told him that he that he was down to do it. I'm down to do it. I'm down to, like, try this. Like, because nobody else has done this. Apparently, he got, in, he got the inspiration from a James Bond flick from, like, the 70s, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Or, no, that's Austin Powers. Whoops. The Spy Who Loved Me? I don't know. That's, like, wild. So, I'm going to post those pictures on Pop Icon Radio's Instagram. If you guys want to check that out, that's where they're going to be. Um, let's get into some more pop culture news before we end things this week. So I said we were going to talk about some like pop culture news. It's not really not pop culture news, actually. It's more like local news here in Panama City, Florida. Um, so MMA fighter already accused of manslaughter in Panama City Beach is charged in a Nashville assault. Uh, so an Illinois man accused of killing a member of the U.S. Air Force outside of a Panama City Beach bar is facing a new charge in Tennessee. Ross Allen Johnson was indicted by a grand jury in Nashville for aggravated assault and is now awaiting extradition from Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma to Nashville to face the new charge. What? What's going on there? Um, so sources close to the case say Johnson was involved in another violent altercation at a bar involving at least one member of the coaching staff of the University of Illinois baseball team. Uh, so calls and messages sent to the University of Illinois over the past two days were not returned. Uh, in a unique situation, this incident happened sometime before the April 10th, 2023 altercation in Panama City Beach, but Johnson is just now being charged in the case. Um, Johnson's Panama City Beach man manslaughter charge comes from a fight between several individuals that began inside Coyote Ugly on Front Beach Road. The participants were thrown out of the bar by security, but the fight resumed in the parking lot. 31-year-old uh, Davon Larry, a Tyndall Airman from Malone, was reportedly running across the parking lot to help a friend when Johnson allegedly ran up behind Larry and punched him in the back of the head, police said. The blow killed Larry. Oh my god, could you imagine you're like fighting in a parking lot, you kill somebody? Can you imagine you're fighting in a parking lot and somebody kills you? That's fucking crazy. Um, it's unclear how this new charge will affect Johnson's case in Panama City Beach. He was released from jail after securing a $250,000 bond. Um, so yeah, that's crazy actually. So my neighbor, John, was actually a security guy at Cody Ugly. I'm not sure if he was like there whenever this happened. I need to ask him about it because he like knows people there. Um, that's awful though. I, like what is this guy doing just running around assaulting people? Who do you think he is? Um, he's like an MMA fighter. Like what the fuck? That's weird. I thought they weren't supposed to be doing that. Uh, so yeah, we can, we can leave that there. We can end the show with a little bit of pop culture news. We'll get into the Oscars um, nominations that came out this week. So we can get into a little bit more pop culture news uh, to end the show this week. We have got the Oscar nominations coming out this uh, past Tuesday morning. So Oppenheimer leads the 2024 Oscar nominations, uh, which were unveiled this past Tuesday morning. The film nabbed a total of 13 nominations, followed by Poor Things with 11, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon with 10, and Barbie with 8. All four films will compete for Best Picture of the Year, along with American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, Past Lives, and The Zone of Interest. Among those uh, setting records with their nominations were Lily Gladstone, who is the first Native American acting nominee, and Martin Scorsese, who is now the most nominated living movie director. Um, congratulations to the two of them. Why? Okay. There, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the nominations and then I'll talk about the controversy. So, um, let's get into it. Best picture nominee. We've got American fiction, anatomy of a fall, Barbie, the holdovers, killers of the flower moon, maestro, Oppenheimer, past lives, poor things, the zone of interest. Ah, uh, that's interesting. Um, one was left out of there, or no, that uh, Barbie was like nominated. Um, we've got best directing. We've got Martin Scorsese, Flowers of the Killer Moon, or Killers of the Flower Moon. We've got Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Yargos, Lanthimos, Poor Things, Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest, Justine Triette, Anatomy of a Fall. We've got Best Actor in a Leading Role, Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Coleman Domingo, Rustin. We've got Paul Giamonti, The Holdovers, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. That's so funny how like three of those like are like somebody's last name as like the film. Um, and Best Actress in a Leading Role, we've got Annette Bening for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. So uh, that is amazing. Congratulations to, and my camera actually just died, but that's fine. We, we can just move on without it. Um, that is going to be our, <laughs> our nominations this week. I'm not going to get into the rest of them because they're kind of boring. Best actress in a supporting role. Congratulations. Like best writing. Who cares? I'm kidding. Like a lot of people care, but like we kind of have to wrap things up on this show this week. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys already don't, be sure to check out Pop Icon Radio on Instagram at Pop Icon Radio. I'd really appreciate it if you guys could throw me a follow on there. Um, and until next time, we'll see you. Yeah, bye.